Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Favorite reviews, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review last night's episode of NXT on one of the only wrestling podcasts described by some as one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a. F- oh God! Oh Jesus Christ! Let me tell you. Um, so I filmed that. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a camera guy now. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, Phil. Zach Phil Chambers. Sorry, Phil. Sorry, Nicholas. Sorry, all the incredible talents that work at Waterculture because I got that. <laughs> so you work your whole goddamn life to make these incredible videos, and then dickhead here shows up with a camera for five seconds and catches them Jeff in the act of putting us over. I had the camera in my hand. Sidra was asking the questions. Dadley's do a wrestling scrum for the first time together, and great question by the way from Sidra. Yeah. Nailed it, right? Um, obviously. And uh, <laughs> it would. We're the only wrestling podcast worth a f- <laughs> Um No, it was a really, really nice moment. Very good of MJF to say that. Like the panic that was, well, that goes across TK's face as he said, like, quick aside, and he's like, uh-oh, where are we going? Uh, where are we going now? Um, uh, that was really cool because, but the thing was, so I'm holding the camera, and I do, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm an amateur at this kind of thing, um, and I've got new alarms. And I'm aware that Tony Khan's going to go on later on. Mm. So I need to keep sturdy and still to try and make this not a mess because I'm entrusted with Phil Chambers on this trip to not be sending the camera six different directions so this video is actually usable. <laughs> and how much did me and Sidgwick just want to stare at each other with eating grins yeah. when he said that? And yet, no, stay professional, stay cool. And uh, I'd have been in the room. I'd have been like, huh? Anyone else hear that? Well... Legit shout out Maybe to like he's your best friend. So the it? other nice members of the wrestling media we met over there. A righteous Reg was there, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Denise Salcedo, yeah. Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, some lovely people. Like we didn't get to meet all of them directly, but obviously being in the space with them, uh, very nice and all just not to turn and give us all daggers while we're all just trying to do our job. That was, that was very kind of MJF to say that. That was a nice moment in our careers. And uh, oh, like, there's going to be loads more. Conversations yeah. from the Vegas AEW trip trickling out. I see if I can get you. Well, you'll talk, we'll get you both hopefully on the Dynamite review tomorrow. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm in today. Sort of vaguely mentioned the show. And well, then. I'm in today, and Sidrick's in on Friday when I'm off because my tactic was to just try and get back to the normal work club and see if it beats the West Coast jet lag. Mm-hmm. Oh, because oh boy, <laughs> that's real, isn't it? Like I thought the East Coast one 
could kick your ass, but you kind of suffer the West Coast. When you're going that much back in time, yeah. like when the Hulk sees you at 400 dates a year in Japan, <laughs> that it kind of catches up with you when you're still on the flight home, doesn't yeah. it? So I'm trying, I'm, I'm here today with What's a view. A week? I've never done a week in Vegas. It was, uh, well, that was quite incredible. And I look forward to, like Phil will do wrestle culture with you, won't he? Yes, like, hopefully. We sort of settled into a rhythm where when all the content was wrapped, because we were doing a lot of work in the morning, so it was quite early starts, just time zone stuff. Yeah. And then a lot of the other work was coming in the evening, leaving like a gap in the middle of the day. So when the evening was coming to a close, you had, obviously, Simon Miller, the best in the business, getting up at the, like, wee hours to go to the gym anyway. Needing, so committed. Needing to get his, his rest, so he was good to go for the next day. Sidgwick knows his body clock pretty well and knows that he's kind of like an accidental early riser even when he doesn't want to be. Yeah. So he was conscious of going to bed and making sure he had enough kip. Me and Phil sort of <laughs> did that. <laughs> Phil's more understandable. We were kind of more like sleep when you're dead. Yeah. Um, so we used these hours where there was absolutely no work left and absolutely no reason to go to bed to just like, I don't know, have a look at Vegas <laughs> by night, shall we say. So we'll <laughs> let those stories creep out. But I bring all of this up, not to make this NXT podcast, something that couldn't be further away from the Las Vegas trip, quite honestly. Yeah. Like to talk about you. Oh. Because I like listening to a lot of, um, oh, there's a couple of comedians that I really enjoy the podcasts of, and it's getting fought to Edinburgh festival season. Of course, yeah. It is, yeah. And like a lot of them speak of, like stand-up is a call and response, even if you're not exactly doing like an Adam Cole baby. You got, tell a joke and you need the ripple of laughter. Mm. And ideally, the more people that laugh, the more that encourages other people to laugh. And you've got this lovely, and stand-ups have to time these routines yeah. out with yeah. laugh breaks and has to be like a, um, like a payoff joke at the end that you very quietly set up at the beginning, so much so that they haven't even really noticed, and then mm. you get you really bring the house down. It's like I can't believe they've got back there. Yeah. And when I listen to them talk about Edinburgh festival season, it's quite something because they might do like a month, and there'll be days where like Saturday nights where they get loads of people. There'll be stag and Hindus where it's not really the audience they want because they're not really listening. And then there'll be like a Wednesday afternoon where one person turns up, or worse, nobody does. But the venue promoter's paid. And it's like, well, is this reps? Is it even reps? If it, like, I don't even know. Yeah. But they do it anyway. Um, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. We're going to do it anyway. That's that sort of timing that MJF probably loves. Um, and I really admire that. And now I'm in the room with somebody that has done it. <laughs> because, I don't know what you mean. Well, I'll tell you what I mean. Because until Stacks turned up yesterday... Oh boy! You were completely by yourself. Yeah, a man on his. I've done one of these podcasts before, but what I haven't done one of these solo reviews is had to do the intro, and I raced when I got back on UK time yesterday. Raced <laughs> to our podcast available on Amazon Music, Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to listen to. If you did the NXT flavored mm. intro that we do, mm-hmm. and it was quite incredible. Picturing you doing a. <laughs> Zero people. It's so like watching like John Oliver when, during the pandemic. Yeah, ex- exactly that. So I was really glad to be your one paying audience member for this today <laughs> because you did it. And I was like, I know he's going to do it because he did it for nobody. He put those voices on for abs- until Stax turned up. Indeed. He put those voices on for absolutely... late, n- actually, yesterday. Was he? Yeah, you probably could have done with him for the whole podcast, couldn't you? Maybe we'll do that one day. Um, but yeah, just really great to see you um, and be the singular audience member for your... Yeah. You're a bit of fun. Weird, the, the Raw review was the normal one, and that was me in a room for 45 minutes <laughs> talking about Monday Night Raw. Just I, a stream of consciousness. I'm quite nervous coming into this, because when you, you've covered, you covered AEW Double Nothing 2019, in the same city, no less, in Las yeah. Vegas. But you'll have a memory of this. Covering AEW, what 
they are really great at, and understandably so, is making the whole thing an AEW. It's not a it's not a wrestling weekend. And the odd indie show was in Las Vegas yeah, as well. I think GCW yeah. ran something. Another one did as well. But you're very much ensconced in like an AW bubble. Yeah, I was going to say, it is the wrestling bubble, but it's also not the wrestling bubble. Kind of, yeah. We, we were there for a, for Dynamite, for Rampage, for Ring of Honor, and Double or Nothing. And Miller and Phil went to the Fan Fest, and we had a few like cool experiences with some AW talent. and Some videos coming out soon. Me and Sidra recorded a little something extra. Oh. Unrelated to all of that that you can look forward to at some point down Going down the line here. Um, but yeah, very, very AW-centric. And because of the time zones, it was even difficult to fit in, like, Raw. We did get to watch SmackDown and Night of Champions because we were streaming them around, like, normal times of day. That's always a novelty, isn't it, when you get mm-hmm. to watch wrestling at a time that isn't killing you or needing. Like, I watched SmackDown and Night of Champions and didn't eat any cereal. <laughs> I, they wouldn't even let me in the MGM Grand with that I had my ball, and they wouldn't let me in the MGM ground with it. It's because you had the do instead. I had a lot of do. My scales told me how much do I had this morning. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. yeah, that's going to add to the jet lag, isn't it? With that crash. My LBs knew exactly how many times I had 152% of my daily allocated sugar <laughs> per meal. Um, do, you want a, do you want a quick rundown? Go on. Summer Americana. That's blue. Blue flavoured dew, I don't know. There was Mountain Dew original, of course. There was one Diet Mountain Dew, just for the novelty, because um, I couldn't remember if it, how good it tasted for a diet drink. It's not Pepsi Max Cherry, but it's still pretty great as mm-hmm. far as diet drinks go. Had uh, Code Red, which I think is... Oh, yeah. Shoot Goat. I have never had Code Red, but it's, it's all these... It's good. It's my, it's my absolute favourite. In uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, had one that is exclusive, because I couldn't get Baja Blast which is exclusive to most Taco Bells in, yeah. America, in America only. I couldn't, I didn't have time to get that one. But Buffalo Wild Wings has its own exclusive Mountain Dew. And it's actually named after me. It's just called Mountain Dew Legend. <laughs> um, and it's the closest we found. I mean, like, Sidge had a bit of it. It's the closest we found to, um, like, Mountain Dew Pitch Black. They basically added a little bit more, like, sweet, I don't know, like, blueberry or blackcurranty mix to make it. Like, it's, it's like... Teal purple coloured through the Brilliant. glass. It looks absolutely amazing. Am I forgetting any? Oh, and I had watermelon and original flavoured hard dew. Hard dew sounds great. Five and a half percent Mountain Dew. Um, and I had two in the middle of SmackDown. And then we recorded the SmackDown podcast if you'd like to know how those drinks went. Um, Sid had a, a, a can of margarita, pre made margarita. Wow, from the that's very him. There was a pint and a half in a can. <laughs> The camera's bigger than my head, and think how big my head is. <laughs> think of the ground that covers. Um, so all of that is to say, it was the best time, but NXT like completely falls out of view. Yeah. WWE falls a little out of view. NXT yeah. falls completely out of view. And more for me, because I heard nothing but good stuff about Battleground. Um, not surprised. Obviously, that's NXT we're talking about. I we, just, we know. I described myself as a proud father on the preview yesterday because I was like, I've been singing this <laughs> company's <laughs> yeah. praises. Beating the drum. I've been sitting there, Andy Murray rolling his eyes, and I say, oh, Tuesday night, best show of the week. I got, honestly. And then, then what happens? Drop that, and then I get to come in and back in and say, and I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? I felt like I was on the end of one of your punchlines this morning because I came in. Bit of crack with Murray before you got in. And he was like, yeah, Battleground was really good. And I was like, am I playing landing opposite land? Because like, 
he was just earnestly praising it. I thought, this is what you've spent one week on the podcast and you've come to realise the greatness. And then he was like, no, why can't it all just be battleground? Why does it have to no, be no, all this no, stupid? No, no. And I was like, yeah, there it is. There's yeah. like the, you need to put up with the rain before you get the rainbow. And he said that, Dolly Parton. <laughs> and people just said like half NXT, she was just a big pair of tits. <laughs> right? It's uh, it's nice that Tiffany NXT... Tiffany got a standing ovation backstage, apparently. That's amazing. It's nice that it's getting this flowers. So I need to watch Battleground and I will be doing so. I watched. It's a shame because I watched this obviously for prep for this review, and now I've had all the things spoiled. Which yeah, is a bit of a shame. But I do intend to. I won't. I just won't be able to. I won't be able to appraise it fairly having had the results spoiled. I don't like that. But um, I can. Dijak and Ilya Dragunov was goaded. Great. They beat the piss out of each other. Shoot, great. Which Di- which Dragunov Dijak presumably just loved. found it. Like people were. Oh, we'll get into it when we get into this. Yeah. I saw some people going. Oh bloody hell! Why have they? You know punished Mustafa Ali and sent him down here. What's Baron Corbin doing in NXT? I was like, they've reached the promised land. Yeah. And actually, well, I'll, I'll save it for later on because okay. I think they're two actually really good additions to this roster, but still. We will see. I um, well, There was something else I wanted to add in relation to NXT and Las Vegas, and I'll see if it comes back to me. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that's like the first excuse to mention the Las Vegas trip in about 50 separate podcasts. Yeah, we'll talk more about it on a preview later for Dynamite. Yes. And then Especially because they've advertised nothing. They should take a leaf out of NXT's book, probably, if anything. I'd look forward to talking about the review. There was a thing, right? There was... Uh, so Double or Nothing was right before... We, it was the last thing we were doing in every sense, and then flying home on the Monday. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of unique, because obviously with the WWE ones, you would be there for the Raw. Yeah, it's yeah. a slightly different energy. It's like, right, here we go. The whole thing tonight. And then, like, Jericho and Soraya cut the promo on television about, like, a next Wednesday Dynamite call. Like, we want you in the mixed tag. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're not part of that. No. Like, uh, Phil, let's stay out. <laughs> let's stay out. I was like, is there any way we can just get the flights the next dynamite and just keep doing this? Do you think like family members will care that much? And I was giving a resounding yes, Hamlet. Like, <laughs> we go home. Um, but yeah, so nice to get back into the rhythm with NXT specifically. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's getting its flowers. Exactly. And this was a show dealing with all the fallout from NXT Battleground. You're grounded! Battlegrounded! <laughs> the last one. I miss that. But you know what's coming up next, though, I you? think I do. It's the, the great, great American Bash. Hang on, wait a second. I've got to do the thing that goes with it. Where is he? Where is he? He's hiding. There he is. Let's do it again. Uh, coming up. Wait, wait, I've got the date somewhere out here. Let me see if I can find it. Definitely not going to find it. July 30th is the great, great American, American Bash. And God bless the United States. July 30th. Not your like, diary. That's ages away. I know. That's too much. I've got an out before that. There'll probably be some TV okay. shows, I think. I think that's just their next... Not Tuesday thing, right? Okay, um, but yeah, this wasn't just a show dealing with the fallout from that show. Um, it opened with the weaponized cage match, yeah, the grudge match, the blow off between Gigi Dolin and JC Jane. Um, there was a video package opening the show, highlighting the uh feud that they've had so far. Dolin's making her entrance and inexplicably not looking behind her because uh, JC Jane jumps her, beats her up, hoys her through the cage door and the, the bell rings. Uh, obviously, JC Jane has an advantage there. She's going after the gimmicks. She uh, pulls out a leather strap and whips her with it and then Dolene takes over and she gets a bit of her own back with that strap and she gets a trash can and puts it on JC Jane's head. I will say, mm-hmm. I think a person with a bin on their head is one of the funniest images in wrestling. I love it. I absolutely love bin on head stuff. I, lo- I, th- I don't think it extends out with wrestling. I love the um, Friends gag when Monica's got the turkey on her head yeah. um, because 
she, there was a flashback. Mr. Bean one of that as well. Mr. Bean did it, yeah. Went looking for his watch and he ended up putting his own bloody head up there. Um, Joey wears it in the same episode as a flashback because it scares Chandler. And that, they know that visual is funny. They put the glasses and the fez That's the on one, yeah, well. I'm trying to think of. Um, I, I, this dickhead wore a horse mask to a wrestling show. Like, it's funny when that's not a person's head. That's <laughs> something else. It's funny. So, yeah, she puts the trash can on JC Jane. She drop kicks it, gets a two count. There's a baseball bat wrapped in thorns from a rose. Uh, it was used. orange. Which I, it's, it's, it's all her stuff. Yeah. Quite, what was the one we had recently with the um, gimmick? Where, oh, it was the um, WrestleMania, like, like that kind of sticks red. Where's my purple one? Like the, the Edge and Finn Balor could yeah. only use their color-coded weapons. Quite like that. Um, I'm, Jane, in, I'm in for this. Jane cut her off. Spinebuster threw the trash can effectively onto it. Yeah. Takes to a break. When we come back, uh, JC Jane using a chain uh, as a weapon. Dolene fights back, uh, sets up. There's loads of chairs in the middle of the ring, but she ends up eating a neck breaker onto it. It kicks out. Um, she's busted open. There's all cuts all over her back. Um, then they're trading strikes. Uh, again, Dolene gets sent into a trash can. Then there's a table set up in the ring. It looks like JC Jane's going to slam her through it, but they're fighting on the turnbuckle. In the end, uh, Gigi Dolene takes control, does a sort of top rope choke slam through the table to JC Jane. One, two, three. As predicted on the preview yesterday, as I think you will agree, the right decision. Gigi Dolene is victorious. Yeah, I thought this was decent, you know, and take that from somebody that watched 16 gimmick matches on Sunday. <laughs> like, it, this was the best they've done together. And I think what we saw was good, like not great, but good weapons work instead of like kind of bad in-ring. So the some of the hold-for-hold hold stuff, even when they've been trying to get serious and get violent and JCJ and got bloodied up and what what's this feud made me, all that kind of stuff, it just felt really fake. Yeah. Like the weapons stuff, because they were connecting and because they were just... Not that you're laying weapons hard. you obviously got to try and work them as best as you can. But because they were working the weapon stuff quite well, it felt way more convincing than when they've been trying to work their fights. Mm -hmm. And I like this, it's a, for a, this is where we've got to in 2023. For a weaponized cage match, you might not remember it to talk about it this time next week. Mm -hmm. So that's not ideal, but that's a wrestling problem. I remember the bat. Yeah, the bat was, I like stupid gimmick stuff. Um, you know, she pushed her through a table and... People go through tables as a spot in the middle of the match now. So that, that these are not faults I associate with Gigi Dolan and JCJ. No. It's just wrestling's <laughs> excess. Um, but this felt like the best way to give Gigi Dolan an actual win. Nothing's felt particularly convincing throughout this program, but the hatred did here because they were just going for each other. The blood was useful. Like, WWE have been letting it creep back in across the board, and mm -hmm. that is, it feels policy to me. Like, I don't think we'd have seen as much lately as we have done without somebody making the call. And... Like, because even when it's happening, they're not shooting away from it like they would have done. Yes. Or they're not doing as many blood Stopping stoppages. Stopping Finn yeah. Balor and Samoa Joe. I like, uh, compare that to like having to stop Finn, but not stopping Brock, for example. You know, like Finn's head was going to fall off. So it's like, we've got to fix that. But a cut is, we're okay with it now, you know. So yeah, I think I quite enjoyed this. I don't need any more of it, please. No more whatsoever. They might have just stuck the landing somehow. Mm, contender for the... Uh well, we'll get to it later, but the number one contenders battle royal that's coming up next week. Yeah. Um, they recapped all the, the NXT battleground stuff and ruined it all for you. Yeah, next. thanks. Thanks, NXT. Uh, but surprise, surprise, Wesley had another great match and retained his North American Championship. I think that's a record now. Ten successful mm. defences, says McKenzie, backstage with Wes. Um, he's pumped. Oh, a bit sore, though. Um, when he uh, won the title at Halloween Havoc, he didn't know how long, how long this was last. Um, but, and then before he can get any further, in comes the guy I 
By the way, a uh, little bit of a note here. We're recording this a little bit later, so apologies um, for the time it goes out because I had to go for a, a baby scan with mm-hmm. the missus. All good, thankfully. Um, thanks to everyone who loves, sends us lovely messages all the time. And congratulations to Alexa Bliss. Yeah, nice news, that. Um, but she's doing the scan and uh, she's trying to measure the heartbeat, but I don't know. It's all stuff you've probably learned, and I'm mm. slowly learning more and more. Like, they use the Doppler machine, yeah. and she's like, oh, actually, that's not really the heartbeat. That's sort of the placenta and the, the fluid going through that. Um, so we'll have to do it on another bit. And can you move on to your other... Can you move on to... I'll just move it to the other side. And I clench <laughs> the chair, because it's now muscle memory. It is. It's it's cryptid Phil. Yeah. Like he's had so much of it off me and Sidric. I was a, I was aching for Miller to drop one. And he did, like if, if like if you've if you've got Miller, you've got you know, you've got the world. Inception him eventually. But I Phil was doing like Phil did one. Like you've been to Vegas. Yeah. Like anyone that hasn't, I didn't know this. But everything about Vegas is preposterous, including the bridges, because you take escalators to get onto them and they're these metal bridges that cross streets. The whole thing is man made. It's kind of incredible. The silver Handrails have little cooling pipes under them for when the sun beats down on them and gets so hot because I just think because sometimes awfulness is the best way forward. Like yep. capitalist greed at its worst, that I don't mind taking a holiday every now and <laughs> then, basically. Um, but yeah, all of these giant, you cannot cross them on foot. Uh, not in general, you can't because they're jaywalking. Yeah. They take it very seriously in America, but um, you can't in general, they'd be unsafe. So there's tons of these, like, escalator bridges. And it was just a case of, like, getting confused about where things was. And then Phil once was like, well, we're going to get, oh, yeah, no, that place. And, no, but it's not, it's here, but it's, like, on the other side. Sorry. And you say. I was like, <laughs> as if, like, I wasn't going to understand it. You know, like, when you're speaking to somebody in a different language, yeah. you need to get your, like. Je ne comprends pas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, got you. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Anyway, they're going to beat up, beat up Wesley, but here comes Tyler Biet. To back him up, and he says he's still got his back, mm. but has he? Yeah, for the time being. For the time being, yeah. Um, right. I saw a spot from Battleground. I want to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Ty- I thought it looked terrible. Was it better in context? Like that Tyler Bate thing, where he basically like Wesley has to feed him his legs, mm. and everything feels like somebody's like turned the clip to point seven five on YouTube. <laughs> Does it like impact the enjoyment of the match overall? Because it looked pretty terrible. I don't think so. I think this was, it was just a sneak peek of like, no, nothing against Joe Gacy, but my God, I'd love to see Wesley and Tyler Bate one-on-one yeah. for the title. Because the spot itself was a bit too ambitious, yeah, wasn't it, ultimately? Yeah. But like, yeah, but, well, Bate and Lee's been there. Like, this is the thing, Wesley, how could he have known that Tyler Bate was even interested <laughs> in the title shot? Um... It's a very brief shot of, we didn't get a lot of him here. I was hoping that new lawyer, which I'll tell you more about maybe next week, yeah, was going to help him out. But instead, Tony D's just getting his mug shot mm-hmm. done. Uh, and then Gallus are backstage boasting about their win at Battleground. And Joe Coffey says, we can't be stopped. Who's next? We've got rid of the creeds. And Mark's like, well, it's not going to be Tony D. He's got his, uh, you know, he's too busy having his hands tied behind his back. And uh, he does this awful, like incredibly inaccurate uh, Tony D impression. Then in comes Stax and says, I knew it was you. <laughs> you read it out, Tony. And they say, I wasn't us. Uh, what are you going to do now, though? Your big brother's behind bars. <laughs> and he goes, Good question. You ever heard snitches get stitches? 
and he tries to beat them all up. He gets a few good licks in, mm-hmm. uh, but in the end, the numbers game catches up to him. He gets beaten down and thrown into some bits to set up a match with Joe Coffey later, and I think Mark and Wolfgang, uh, at some point following this, were ejected from the building. Yet again, your sympathy with, is with the friend of the arrested mafioso in favour of these, yeah, these grasses. Yeah. Like, look, we're all str- I don't want to say this now, because you might get here soon. I don't mm-hmm. want him to hear it. But we're all a little bit stressed that it might have been Stax making a call. Please don't no. Don't mention it, listeners, please. Don't snitch. Listen to this promo. Snitches get stitches. Don't snitch tag Stax. No. Just because he's not in the room right now and say that I said that. We've all got our concerns that we're being given a bum stay with Gallus, and it turns out it was Stax making a call. I don't want to think that. No, I'm, I said this yesterday. I'm very much on the uh, Briggs and Jensen-esque hype train for the new lawyer, Luca Crucifino, I think is his name, mm-hmm. to be the third man in the family to even the odds against Gallus and take these tag titles off him. Yes, of course. You're telling me there's a chance. And then because Lu- Luca Crucifino? Luca. Yeah. Luca Luca and Tony D and Stax to form a trio and thus form a trio's division. Yeah. Actually try and get one over. Uh, right, here comes the NXT champion, Carmelo Hayes, who just had a great uh, showing against Brombreaker and a phenomenal reaction, of course, in his hometown. He comes out alongside Trick Williams, naturally. Uh, Trick is is jazzed. Let's get straight down to business. He went to Battlegrounded Mello, still left uh, as champion in his hometown. Mello says, I did that, uh, and NXT Battleground was exactly that, a battle. Um They say, oh, Mello's crowd was going crazy. Nothing but net. Mello says sometimes you have to take shots to make shots. And when it comes to the NXT Championship, he never misses. They're so slick. I love Mm -hmm. these. Um, Mello's talking about how Battleground's another brick laying down in the foundation of, but before we can go any further, the weird new stable comes out. Noam Dar and his mates. Explain this. So, I'm, so what happened was Noam Dar had Orumensa, who he'd, he'd sort of attempted to persuade. Were to they be like having locker room talk the other yeah. week? And we were saying this is a random odd combination of people all of a sudden. Yeah. So yeah. he was in his corner, and then during the match with Dragon Lee, the Heritage Cup match, um, it's sort of looking like Dragon Lee might have the edge here, mm. especially in round five. Um, and then oh, suddenly, God. just Cara Jackson runs down to distract the ref. And Last Legend twats Dragon Lee in the back with the spit bucket. And that leads to Noam Dar eventually defeating him. So they come down. They're this new weird foursome. Mm. Um, and uh, Noam, I, I'm really happy for Noam Dar. He's getting this exposure because mm. he's more than deserved it and finally getting the push he, he merits. He says, Melo managed to escape his hometown, still champion. He wasn't the only one to retain his championship. He's still got the Heritage Cup. That's the most important title in NXT. You just managed to beat Breaker whilst I beat Dragon Lee twice. Tricks out, well, it took all four of you to cheat and beat Dragon Lee, uh, and now you're out to interrupt Trick and Mello, which is a super no-no. He's the best. That's good. Uh, Mello says, I saw the match, good job, but there are levels to this game, and my title's (laughs) on the highest level. Yes, you beat Lee twice, but you couldn't beat me once. That's all it is, and that's all. No, I'm not happy. He's not going to let him finish. Uh, The adults are talking, he says. That sounds like a challenge. Be the biggest mistake of your life. Why don't you put the title on the line against me tonight? Trick's like, you try and take advantage of an injured Mello. And Noam Dar's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, uh, he says, uh, Mello's counting his minutes like an NBA superstar because he doesn't have it to compete on the highest level like him. Uh, and he says, Mello has what Lash Legend calls load management. And Mello says, load management, my ass, and sets up the match for the main event. I, um, 
issues, I suppose, are that this was like this was dooming Noam Dar to defeat in yeah. his in his first showing as this like new boss of this stable. Which I found, which I think is what I found so jarring about it, because when it came to the NBA references, I understood every single one of them because I'm a basketball guy now. Oh yeah, um, I'm a last minute of a basketball game. Anyway, we were in a, a place called the Crack Shack, <laughs> eating our it's it's chicken and egg based dishes. Got it. How great is that? Um, I don't know what came first, but we're in the Crack Shack having our tea, and it's in the middle of the uh, Celtics and the Heat. Yes. In one of the playoff games. I might have been quite a significant one. I think it's it was for a spot in the finals, yeah. Yeah, it was. So like is it the Denver Nuggets who've made it through? I don't know. Yeah. Um and um basically it was looking wicked pisser for Boston. Uh and then it was suddenly, oh my god, the heat are gonna do it. And then it was wicked pisser for Boston all over again in this incredible turnaround. But because of the awesome basketball stop clock, and now I completely understand why Americans want football to just make sense and have a stopped clock because there were like 15 seconds on that clock for about 20 minutes <laughs> and it was the most exciting 15 seconds 20 minutes of my life um so now i understand the drama of why basketball players would count minutes and count seconds because every single one does so did you see Derek white score Derek, a dramatic buzzer beater i saw Derek white get his buzzer beater i bet he buzzed and beat off when he got home <laughs> oh my god it was it was really incredible we were so drawn into it the four of us and like there was there was a guy who was a Heat fan, based on his body language, and to just watch him go through. Uh, and oh. he, I think it worked there. So, like, if by some miracle somebody listening to this podcast works at the Crack Shack, Las Vegas, number one, fantastic food. Number two, um, let us know the name of your colleague that went out from behind one of the bars or in from the kitchen to watch the last few minutes on one of the screens because it was right by where we were sat. And what was so great in terms of tying a few recent bits of podcast law together was we saw the adulation followed by the surrender cobra. Oh, yeah. As he sort of suffered the sadness of the heat going out. Um, I think, am I right in thinking that the heat would have like either leveled or come back in the series? No, that was, they were 3 0 up, and that's to bring it to 3 all. That was right, yeah. And it would have been the and first team to. If they were going to win it, it would have been the first team to win 4-3, but obviously the Celtics... Last night was the was the decider. Do you want to know the result? Yes, please. Miami Heat 103, Boston Celtics 84. Oh, so Derek White's heroics were not quite for nothing, but for almost nothing. Yes. Oh, well. I always hate that when people like the, when people say, like, oh, well, yeah, Troy Deeney scored that great goal for Watford, <laughs> but they didn't... Uh, yeah, for Watford, but they didn't go up. Mm. I was like... Doesn't matter. No, that's one of the greatest football moments of all time. That's what you remember, isn't it? So yeah. Oh well, we got the nicest moment of the lot then. Sorry, Boston. Sorry, boss. So, sorry, sorry, Boston. Boston. Thanks, Miami. Um, <laughs> yeah. Noam Dar. This was fine, and it's one of them things that's like, well, yeah, but he's come for the champion, so they're a big deal. Yeah, but he's lost, so they're not. Mm. It's a bit give and take. Uh, more take than give. Mm. Uh, especially because you didn't even have trick by the anyway. We'll get to that in due yeah, course. Yeah. Um, right, they're backstage. Cora's talking about uh, Lyra Valkyria making it to the final and cheating. Head her in the eye. She had a, a bit of a shiner in there. Um, didn't Roxanne Perez make the final? No. Right. Okay. So I thought she. It died. was such a weird thing. We, we me and uh, Andy previewed it, and we're like, it's a bit of a shame, really, this because it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be. Well, we did the polar opposite. We were like, it's obviously going to be Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez in the final. Yeah. And the two others won it. Yeah. Tiffany Stratton and Bird Person. Um, so Cora's still pissed. No one should be celebrating anyone but me. Ivy Nile walks up uh, and uh, Cora 
uh, and says to Cora, you need to... Sorry, suck it up, because uh, you lost. Um, they get into it, basically. Uh, she says, Ava whipped your ass. Um, and uh, it sets up a match between the two of them for later on. Yeah. Reggie walks up to Axiom. Reggie walks up to Axiom. Nerd! Um, Axiom's still very sceptical of Reggie. Uh, and he's like, Reggie or Scripps or whatever. And, he and Reggie's like, well, people growing up, people call me Scripps. <laughs> All caps. But he appreciates what Axiom did by taking the mask off because it opened his eyes. Uh, he's seeing what needs to be seen. Uh, <sighs> And uh, I like this pairing. Me too. But it's really funny that like Scripps is apparently more law than Reggie itself. Like growing up, uh, what are we growing up, Reggie slash Scripps, were you mad into serving champagne as well? Like, is that why you came in as a sommelier, whatever yeah. it is, to Carmella? Just even daring to try and suggest. Like, Let's that, get Matt Hardy in NXT so that everyone can go in the Lake of Reincarnation and do all their gimmicks. It's proper, like that particular kind of like line of dialogue is proper. No NXT fans, you're stupid for mocking it because it was his real name actually. We're, uh, we're taken from his actual background. Sorry if we care a lot about his personality. <laughs> Patronise me, Sean. <laughs> Sean Michaels was one for it as well. Yeah, I'm called Michael Hakenbottom. Everybody called me Sean when I was younger. Yeah, it's just a wrestling name. That's fine. Yeah. It's a, you're allowed a different name when you're a performer. That's okay. Like, oh, but, oh it's little baby Reggie. I like scripts. <laughs> Me too. All caps, please. All caps with a Y. It's not even the attitude area yet. They've not started doing it. Ys and Zs. My main scripts on an S at the end instead of a Z. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Then we got um, Wesley and Tyler Biet versus uh, Robbie Fowler and Jagger Reed. Um, 
back and forth early on between the, between the four of them. They're all great, so mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, Lee comes in, kicks Robbie Farah in the head, hits a great spinning crossbody for a two count. Um, they clear the ring um, with drop kicks. Diet had to come back in for a stare down, and then wait a second, who's that in the crowd? It's Razor Ram- It's Mustafa <laughs> Ali. Yeah. Um, which was a very nice surprise. Uh-huh. When we come back from the break, Ali's on commentary. Um, he's talking about how he's obsessed with winning a championship after coming so close to winning a title at, uh, I've written down Battleground here, not that Night of Champions, that's what I mean. Um, that was a really <laughs> fun match, by the way. When he, went, when he put Battleground next to Night of Champions, it made me think of a bit that we can now never do, where like you play, I am the Night of Champions, and you're riding <laughs> on a horse with a big championship. You got some coconuts. <laughs> Oh, it's the Night of Champions. <laughs> Hello, Dudley boys. That was meant to be a knock. And stacks. <laughs> meant to be a horse uh, whinnying, and it sounded a little it bit more like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like when we agree, like, really sort of pensively, and it sounds like uh, Judgment Daisy. Mm. Mm. Uh, not you. <laughs> so they try and double suplex Tyler Bate, but he knees his way out of it. Uh, Ollie's was just like, I've got, I'm a free agent. That means I can show up anywhere. I was like, the rules have been thrown out with AJ Styles on Raw. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that mattered more for what came later, didn't it? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, in comes Wesley, cleans house. Um, he hits a double cardiac kick on the Yeyed. Uh, stereo spinal taps from the two of them. And uh, in the end, uh, they hit uh, Mick Jagger with the Tyler Driver 97 for the victory. Um, Ivy Nile runs down, attacks Ava. There's a brawl. Here come the Creeds. There's a dyad brawl. Joe Gacy runs in, blindsides Wesley, uh, but Ali comes in and makes the save and, and stands there, standing tall after knocking Gacy out of the ring um, with Wesley and Tyler Bay. It's an interesting threesome, that. Yeah. I uh, The match was fine. Um, the thing about Wesley and Tyler Bay as a tag team is they show so much promise as a team for a unit that exists to be broken up. Yeah. So we've seen them work together before, and it's good stuff, but you're constantly watching, waiting, not necessarily waiting for the turn, but just watching more for the cracks. And some of the stuff's really good, and it's like, well, if that wasn't your plan, I'd happily watch you two together, but that's clearly not where Mm. we're going, so you can't really fully invest. What I was quite impressed by here is all the overlapping. So Wesley is just about finished with Joe Gacy, but he's not finished with Tyler Bate, but this is how you keep those tethered off the back of Battleground. In the meantime, you want to be doing Creed's versus Yed. So this folds in them and folds in Ivy Nile and Ava Rain. Mm-hmm. Ava, she's not surname. Sorry. She's the Rock's daughter. Thank you. Um, I knew she was second generation. I couldn't remember if she was on like the Beverly Brothers kids or something. But uh, that's been folded into this now. And Mustafar Ali is obviously going to be part of, uh, presumably, for at least now, a triple threat or a singles match against Wesley. That would be great as well. But in the meantime, in order to get to that, you do this six-man yeah. next week. So it's just, this was very economical television, which I like to see, because you want the characters to feel like they are not just necessarily involved in the feud they're in. Mm. I'll, I'll, I know it sounds like the most basic of praise, but across all wrestling, I like it when it's not just, well, like me and you, don't go downstairs and then not speak to Murray yeah. or something like that because he's working on the news or he's editing a video and we're doing podcasts. Exactly. That's not how life works and it's not how wrestling should either. So I quite enjoyed that. I want to talk to you about Mustafa Ali. I didn't get to listen to your one-man Raw review from the week in which Brock Lesnar made him look like a piece of human garbage. And I wondered, because it just, I watched this and I thought, it's a bit of Wilborn that. He's going to come in and say, 
Nice. See, Mustafa Ali is going to be folded back into like a Brock Lesnar program or like that's going to matter. Mm. That he's so dejected that Brock Lesnar has just owned him in that little, what do they say? Like, go get a life. Get a life, kid. Get a life, kid. Quite funny. And you knew that Ali was going to lose to Gunther. So it was more like when he loses to Gunther and it's going to be lingering in the back of his mind, God, Brock Lesnar told me get a life. Like, how would he respond to that? Because the loss to Gunther's no shame. It's that where mm. he's just been embarrassed by this bully. And this is his response. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe respond on the show he, you were already on instead. Yeah. Rather well, Brock Lesnar's not going to be there for a while. So True, true. I just thought, like, I'm going to go down to NXT and be a flat track bully. I'm going to be Charlie Big Potatoes on the developmental show. Maybe they've just heard us saying that everyone's living their best life in NXT. And he's like, well, get alive. Wait a second. That's true, yeah. Maybe he's um maybe the reveal that we had later on was just part one of a two part reveal. Ooh. And there's there's hacker law, perhaps. There's hoodie hacker law. <laughs> yeah, he had the what was he called? The the Wolves of Justice or something. That's a different that's the house. <laughs> he had them for a bit, didn't he? The Forgotten Sons. Oh yeah. Not the knobhead one. Oh god. Yeah, what were they called under um Can't be the Lone Wolves, can can't they? Be the lone, can't be the Wolf Pack. The lo- the Lone Wolves. Of justice, I'll Google it. Yeah, it'll come. The forgotten it can't be the forgotten because I got excited next because we went to chase you and then I went. Oh, it's Drew Gulak, a Charlie Dempsey teacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, supply teachers, in, is he? <laughs> and not the fun one. Um, they're being horrible to Thea Hale, which mm-hmm. winds me up even more. Been like that. Um, failed to win. She cr- made a cry last week, um, and uh, so go from there. Duke Cousins completely lost control. By the way, he mm. just sat in the back with like, oh, what's going on? Um, so they're teaching in the ring, uh, and Duke says to Thea, you don't need to be here, you know. There's more problems to chase you. We'll deal with this at a later date. Um, she never wants to feel the way she felt again, though, and she demands to get in the ring. And Duke's like, all right, get in there. Uh, she gets mocked more by Drew and and, uh, and Charlie. We tell her not to cry this time, and then there's a face-off. I hated that they were doing this to Thea Hill. So this was effective, I guess. Mm. I... Duke Hudson as the overworked teacher is a really funny bit because why is anyone a teacher? It's a wrestling show. So mm. I like him. Andre Chase coming back and flipping out, not just that he's been taken out and he's got to come back and get revenge, but that the school admin has gone tits up <laughs> is going to make for quite a great moment. Oh, Duke Hudson is going to turn on Andre Chase, not because all along he was wanting to take over Chase U, but... All along, he's learned that Chase U's not worth the effort. Mm. That's going to be the the motivation for the turn, and that's nice and stupid. So I like that. Still trying to find these forgotten sons, lads. I'm going to get that because it was a pointless name. Steve Crash, Steve Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake. Let's have a look. Baron Corbin. These people are screaming. Wesley Blake Stable. Corbin. Forgotten Knights? Forgotten Knights. The it? Knights of the Lone Wolf. The Knights of the Lone Wolf. Thank Just you. Just show all that bollocks together. Because he was it. a king, wasn't he? Yeah. It was like one episode in, was it early 2020 in those pre-pandemic Smackdown episodes that technically don't exist because mm. the Panny D dropped in March? Yes, that must have been it. Yeah. Rubbish. Who did he beat? Who did they help him beat? Cartman Roman Reigns. No. Because it would have been post dog food. Um, On the December fourth of December twenty twenty episode of SmackDown. So it was Pando. I'm looking at the depressing image of the Thunderdome. Dolph. No. Nope. Go on. Then. 
Murphy. Oh, Christ. What he's up to nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to NXT because it's time for the Tiffy Bration. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I normally write down and do verbatim Tiffany Stratton promos. We ain't got time. No, it's fine. She's out there. She makes her way to the ring, which is set up, and it's all big in photos and da-da-da. Um, she says, raise your hand if you're not surprised I'm the new champion. Hands up. Uh, she says that fast since Sabu came out with Dynamite. She says she claimed her spot on Sunday at the center of NXT. The title has been held by the likes of Bailey, Asker, and Charlotte Flair. Uh, and tonight she's going to show everyone what it means to be a true champion. Uh, and when she thinks of what a champion is, surprise, surprise, it's her. Uh, no one in the locker room can do what she does. When she looks in the mirror, she sees the epitome of what a true WWE superstar is. So she wants to invite the whole women's locker room down to see what a champion is. Of course, no one comes out. Mm-hmm. She says, I guess no one wants to know who my first opponent is. And they're like, all right, well, come out. If you're going to tell us that, then I suppose. Uh, she says, I know you're all starstruck. You want to know what's next? Um, but to be honest, I can't think anyone is going to be champion other than me. I'm going to be champion for a long, old time. Um, I might as well retire as champion and just this women's division ain't worth a task, basically. Yeah. Um, basically. <laughs> she said, it's a bit awkward now. I invited all of you out here. Just Um <laughs> She had a Tiffany epiphany, apparently, on yeah. the Tiffany epiphany on the way back from Battleground. Um, why not give everyone an opportunity at the Tiffy time? <laughs> Tiffy title. Tiffy's going to be one of our favorite things over the next few months, yeah. isn't it? What can we put Tiffy in front of? Um, there's going to be a number one contenders battle royal next week, but it doesn't matter who's going to win because she, I'm going to beat all of you. Uh, it's Tiffy time as long as I want. And there's a big confetti. <laughs> And while she's having this celebration, all the other wrestlers are like, I'm not having this. Yeah. Dive in, start beating her up. Thea Hale actually attacks her. She was one of the, my picks mm-hmm. for a potential uh, underdog near miss for uh, Tiffany Stratton. Mm-hmm. Um, drop kicked out the ring and she's throwing a tantrum saying it's supposed to be my moment. I saw the confetti falls and the women wrestlers of the division are like, well, that's the Tiffy Bration ruined. It kind of looked really stupid by the end, like heels and baby faces all forming one line on the ropes to do pull faces at her with the invisible wall separating the less than a metre of distance between the two sides. Who did the, like, it wasn't quite a basement dropkick, was it? It was a dropkick between the middle and top rope. Yeah. That connected flush with Tiffany Stratton in the face. Who stayed standing and just backed away from it? <laughs> like, if you go watch this back. I can't remember who did the, there was like all of the division about there, so I apologise. But it was like a running dropkick. Full force, got her in the face, and Tiffany Stratton just like stayed in her feet and backed up like she was Yokozuna or The Undertaker in the mid nineties. Like, is this what her being champion is going to be? Because it kicks ass. <laughs> yeah, like, th- it's like a spot that you reserve for like giants, yeah. and super heavyweights in your division. It's just, oh my god, a full flying drop kick to the face. That almost knocked me off my feet. Uh, amazing. She's stupid. It's fun. Um, so there's a, a little bit backstage, and it's just the usual back and forth. Mm. Trick Williams and all of Noam's gang. But I want to give a note to it because Trick says, or you're a shyster, Miss Jackson the Distraction. And I'm watching all of you tonight. I just, Trick Williams, man. This was, oh my God. not for the first time, but I think this is one, like, as straight up baby faces, um, Trick Williams in particular, it's already entered the realm of elevating bad material. Yeah. As heels, it's yes. just great, and the delivery's fun and all the rest of it. As baby faces, some of this could scan as really cheesy and lame, and it just sounds so much fun. You're like, I wish I'd come up with that line of garbage. Yeah, and distraction rhymes, rhymes with Jackson. That's how he's made that feel. What are we calling Noam Dar's group? Did they call it? 
No, he just called them this. They did this supernova stuff, didn't they? Yeah, the supernova squad. It's going to be something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Dar Souls. No. Uh, Dar's dickheads. Dar. No, I'm. Um, Darjeeling. Limited. Like. <laughs> Dar. Healing Limited. Very good, because the heels. Yeah. Dodger Healing Limited. We've got it, right? That's fine. Uh, then Danny Palmer just sort of hijacks the show. She's one of many people who have, of course, been attacked by the mysterious attacker. Who could it possibly be? It was supposed to be Indy Hartwell. Okay. Um, she uh, She's not going to leave until she finds out who this attacker is. Uh, and the attacker had promised at NXT Battleground that she would reveal herself on NXT. Um uh, she attacked Danny Palmer. She attacked uh, Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons. She sold Ruka, obviously. Souls out for a year, says Danny. Uh, reveal yourself, attacker. Uh, and we get a vignette of all the attacks. And then there's the person on the screen. And it looks like they're going to take their head off or turn around. Or a bit of both, basically. And then Danny Palmer gets attacked in the ring. Beaten up by the mystery attacker. Uh, Danny gets nailed with a Mishinoku driver. And it is revealed... It's Blair Davenport. And right, stop there, because you said that with more enthusiasm than Vic Joseph. He didn't really have much of a... Oh, moment! Sort of channeled his inner Todd Grisham here. He channeled his inner podcast listener. It's in the... I mean, it's Blair Davenport. Like, he was so dejected with the payoff or the presence of Blair Davenport. Yeah. Did he think it was still going to be Indy Hartwell? <laughs> was he buzzing for the payoff? Look, we know that the real... Um, the real perpetrator is not Blair Davenport, but is like Coach Bloom and whoever else is making them do 3,000 squats before they wrestle in the performance centre because they're all tearing their ACLs. Yeah. Um, but why was this so low-key? I don't know. For something... That, well, we know a little bit, don't we? They've had to change the direction. Mm -hmm. But this was so flat. Mm. And then Blair Davenport just does like a long, drawn-out pose sequence where her entire light and screens are set up. And I know she said she was going to reveal herself, but are we to assume that the tech crew knew? Did she go to the truck and reveal herself first? Like, she goes with the hoodie. It's me. I'm like, oh, God, we've got like three minutes to dig out all her... <laughs> Sorry, I can't understand you under that mask. I need you to take the... <laughs> that Blair? I thought this was rubbish. I'm happy it's Blair Davenport. I'm intrigued to see what they, she can do now. It's a, it's a hell of a springboard for a character. Yeah, taken the out. scourge of the entire division. Mm. You're right, it is like, eh, we'll see. I just thought this was a really piss poor reveal. Like, and I want to say the announcer sold it, but I couldn't quite tell what Booker T was saying when he was trying to sell it. And I don't think Vic just could either, because he was like, you could say that again, Book, please. <laughs> and he didn't, yeah. Uh, Eddie Thorpe, uh, previously, this is sort of footage from before, guess congratulated on his match by our boys, Malik Blade and Idris at Nofe. Um, and uh, in comes Damon Kemp, says, I'm impressed, but you can't win without bloody cheating, can you? There's going to be a face-off between the two of them next week. That's going to be a great match. Yeah, why not? Like, great, I don't know. Damon Kemp's never brings quite as much in the Good ring. base, I think, for Eddie Thorpe. Maybe, maybe that's it, yeah. And a really fun heel. Like, I'm enjoying him a lot yeah. as a character at the moment. He's a great arsehole. Yeah, really good. Um, then it was time for Stax versus Joe Coffey. Um, back and forth, takes us to a break. We come back. Stax is in a submission. Um, rolls Joe back for a one count. Goes to the sharpshooter. Joe kicks out, sends Stax into the ropes and hangs him on there. Uh, I think there's a point. Was it the press slam where it looked like he was going to drop Stax's yeah. head? <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. I'm going to look at it, Steve, isn't it? Um, Stax fights back. 
hits a DDT. Um, he hits repeated shots as they get back to their feet and a leaping back elbow off the ropes. He gets a two count off the back of an uppercut or charging uppercut and a neck breaker. Goes up top. Joe catches him up there. Super belly to belly. There's a nice near fall off that. Uh, then they go to the outside following a sort of Cactus Jack-esque clothesline. Uh, Stax misses the charge, though, clash, clashes into the ring steps, uh, and Coffee capitalizes on this with the Glasgow send-off and that huge lariat of his. One, two, three. It's quite something that Joe Coffee has, like, two synonyms for caffeinated beverages in his name because I'm falling asleep watching him on offense. He's so bland, and he's just got this, like, sludgy kind of... Well, he's a heel, right? And that's yeah. the thing as well. Like, Gallus are kind of being positioned as quasi-baby, or out-and-out babyfaces, even quasi, I don't know. But I just find their style so drab. And, like, I've said this a lot, criminally uninteresting in the sense that they are, like, kind of stealing yet another push. Mm. What is it? Yeah. That, that like, because it's not, they're not that hot in this custom-made fans will cheer for anything building. Um... I haven't seen the Battleground match yet, so I don't know how well it went down in an actual paid-for venue. But I just... I, don't, I didn't get much out of this, to be honest. And stacks... I got... Trying to be balanced on this podcast. Like, it's one of the reasons why this podcast is worth it. Like, mm-hmm. he still has up and down nights mm. in ring. This wasn't one of his stronger nights. This Also, this went... It was just like 10 minutes or something. Mm. Too long. Like, way too long for the story they were trying to tell. Um, I didn't, you can't just do, this was nothing more than a basic back and forth. And I don't think you can do that with 10 minutes. Yeah. You've got to do, like, you've got to give me a limb. You've got to give me a false finish. If you've gone for 10 minutes, you've got to give me a, like a false finish, I believe in. And it didn't seem to bother with it. It just happened in front of me. I, I did appreciate the fact that though, without his mentor almost there. Yes. Struggling. Yeah, true. Like, he's, 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 he's not concentrating. He needs, he needs legal representation, does Tony D, to get him out of this jam, as I keep saying. Well, uh, indeed. and uh, I suppose technically to get put through a table, at least smashed into a table, so maybe they're giving Luca a week off. Was this a bit of, was this something nice where this match existed mostly to tell us, the viewers, the thick idiot viewers, that if, I'm getting nervous that he really might turn up now, if Stax did grasp Tony up, He's seeing here for the first time what life might be like without mm. him, and maybe it wasn't the wisest move. Not that, like, because I love Stacks. I would never. Yeah, think, me like, too. He's just the nicest guy. Like, we're hearing some things, and we don't believe them no. here in this podcast. But <sighs> I think you'll be all right. All right. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, thank God. It's not just Will. <laughs> hi, Stax. Oh, hi, Stax. Yeah, hi, Stax. yeah. Hamlet's back. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. How was Las Vegas? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, you know what they say, Stax? Like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But, like, I didn't get up to the kind of stuff you would get up to. So I'm just more than happy to talk about it. It was an incredible time. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, talking to casinos. Ah, yeah. Uh, what's the deal with casinos? <laughs> casinos, Stax, as I learned firsthand, are a destination where you can drink, you can gamble, you can have fun. But the, I don't know, the bringing together of all these things in one place is very unique to Las Vegas and select other places. I believe Reno in Nevada, I believe Atlantic, um, City. Atlantic City, New Jersey. Because as you'll know, Stax, probably more than me, gambling laws are very different in America. 
So the idea that you can just go to a place free of different state regulations and go on slots, play poker, play other card games, play roulette, play craps, bet on sports. There was like William Hill bookmakers within casinos. There's pretty much nothing you can't spend your money on with a view trying to make more. Now, obviously, it's gambling. And obviously, you should bet responsibly. You should know your limits and things like that. But the idea is, Stacks, if you want to, and if you get a bit of luck and you know how to play the games and you do well, you can win big. You can put down 10 and make it 20. Just like that. The house always wins. So you're destined to lose it in the end. And uh, you might need to turn to, I don't know, hypothetically, you wouldn't know about the Stacks, organised crime to make your money instead of, which I believe there's quite a bit in Vegas as well. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately, if it's kept nice and it's kept safe and it's kept fun, Casinos are quite the uh, jovial daylight blockers uh, where you go <laughs> to forget. Uh, I did see some sites that made me think it's maybe not all sunshine and roses, but I was only there for a week, so how can we know for sure? You know, my uh, my friend actually recommended the British casino weight loss method recently. It actually works pretty well. I've uh, already lost 50 pounds. Oh, ah. that's right, because we, yeah, that's very clever, because we have pounds as our currency. Three questions, three jokes, three Question three jokes for you, pamphlet. Yeah. You stay out of this, Willie, you crap <laughs> guessing. Why don't casinos in Las Vegas hire goyles from California? Shout out to the OEO Hotel Bar that disproves that theory. Uh, girls from California. I wish they all could be California girls. California girls are so incredible. LA. I don't know, Stacks. Why don't casinos in Las Vegas hire goyles from California? Because they, like, can even deal. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Not to Tiffany. Though. I like that. Yeah, you, Stacks, you've got a better Tiffany Stratton voice than Wilborn's got a you voice. Yeah, it's a good point. He's not wrong. Yeah, you can't do it. You suck. <laughs> Question joke number two. Stacks, you forget sometimes that this isn't a video, and I want to pay respect because Stacks right now is still selling his neck. Yeah, oh, that coffee it's hits hard. Physically, he's doing a half surrender, Cobra. Like, I really respect Stax's performance within this podcast. Be careful with this one. Okay. Why is a Vietnamese casino so much fun? Hmm. I can't even. I don't even know which... They laid out a trap for you there, you huh? You really have, because I don't even know which semantic field you're trying to make me plow through in order to find something here. I don't know, Stacks. Might move that handful. Don't go near it. Why is a Vietnamese casino so much fun? Because you can spend the whole night blowing your dong. Huh? It's the currency and a sex thing. It's your two favorite things, Stacks. That's two currency jokes and one sex one, and we've not even got to the third joke. You're saying you want one more which, sex joke? Which typically, I've got to be honest, based on your rule of three principle stacks, is where things really go south. Well, how is sex like a card game? Uh, how is sex like a card game? Um, because you want to... See, I was going to say you want to poker... But that just implies sex with a woman, and it could be. But then you could be a joker, <laughs> um, because cum sticks when you twist your thing, and that's like a blackjack thing. I don't know, Stacks. Why? What is it? Why is sex like a card? How game? is sex like how a is, card game? Uh, how I don't know. 
If you don't have a good partner, you f***ing better have a good hand. <laughs> That's the way I got that. Oh, I'm See you later, guys. Buy stacks. Yeah. Wilborn. Yeah. You're going to have to do this on stacks' behalf because he's left. Mm. What? What's a partner in cards? Uh, I don't really. I think it's like if you're like working together, maybe to take down the dealer and you're ah, working on blackjack. Um, and the better have a good reference is uh, in case you want to, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm with you. Jack it. Four of us were sat around a blackjack table and this very nice uh, croupier called Tracy. She was very good with the Vegas patter. She was trying to kind of explain the rules to us. Tracy with two E's at the end? No, actually. Ooh. She was trying to explain the rules to us, but then I also think she wasn't trying to explain the rules to us. I think she was trying to make it seem even more confusing, so we spent more money and lost. <laughs> and after going the long way around explaining, like every rule, like we know Pontoon in the UK is known as, so we know the yeah, stick yeah, up, yeah. we know the stick or twist element to it, but obviously you're betting against the house, so there's split, and there's a couple of other things they to it. They have to hit 17. And uh, uh, all this sort of stuff. More convoluted than it needs to be, and she was explaining it very quickly. Like, I'd have loved to have flipped it on her. I was like, right, sit down, Tracy, I'm going to talk about NXT, and then see, <laughs> see if you want to spend money on the end of it, right? And then Probably. we found we found out that it was a five dollar buy-in, and our free tokens from the casino reception desk were useless. So we just had to leave the table. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when I went to Double or Nothing weekend, Hornswoggle taught me how to play craps. It was quite the experience. You know, I would have loved a game of craps because I really like the table, mm. like that that nice sort of. It's yeah, got throw that, the dice and yeah, the it's got the, like, off the back tall gutter, hasn't it? Ah, oh. me and Sid had a game of um, shuffleboard. Oh, so long. Yeah. Like the shuffleboard thing was so long with the little weighted gimmicks, like the curling iron things, but really tiny. Who won? I think I won one and Sidgwick won the other. But don't hold me to that. He might have won both. Like I smashed his ass at basketball so bad that he can... Are you listening, Matt Reigns? Are you f***ing listening? Because Sidgwick's all with his own eyes, what I'm going to f***ing do to you in Philadelphia. But um, <laughs> I think he might have swept the board at shuffleboard, actually. I don't want to take that win away from him. Um, Not literally swept the board, because otherwise the things wouldn't slow down. No. just slide off every time. <laughs> Need a bit of sand. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, right, we go to a clip of Van Wagner, who's got a great deal of heart. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, last week, uh, if you missed it, uh, attacked the new lawyer character, basically, <laughs> put him through a tail. He snapped. Uh, Robert Stone asked him what his rampage was about last week. And I thought, well, at least Rampage got some viewers. Um, <laughs> and uh, Vaughn said... Well, have, it's funny, I've sat through one for real. <laughs> Vaughn, Vaughn said, Luca had what was coming to him. Stone's like, you could have been suspended for that. I was like, he's probably committed murder. I think he'll be all right, you know. Um, he says, uh, Vaughn's got some serious issues in his past and he needs to talk to a therapist. Uh, Vaughn's skeptical, says all the therapist's going to do is take my money. Stone says, I'll pay for it. Vaughn's going to think about it. This is... Slow playing this story brilliantly. We're going to have some fun with this. Um, when is... But, yeah, we're going to have some fun. New sentence. When has therapy ever ha been handled well in pro wrestling? Yeah. Ever. Like, is it going to be, what's his face coming back for his latest client? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, he's, you know the guy. The Kane and Brian and Bailey and Sasha guy. Yes, I know. Doctor... Yeah, I can't remember. Aye, that one. Um, Shelby? Dr. Shelby, thank you. Is it going to be Dr. Shelby? Is it going to be um, like Von Wagner ended up beating the piss out of the therapist? Beating the piss out of the therapist? <laughs> just a therapist. Uh, is it NXT? Is a therapist going to be a future women's champion? And it's a therapist <laughs> like that. Is her thing. Yeah. She's a therapist. Is the office of the... Like, is this therapist going to form part of a very expensive set of offices that's going to be 
bought and paid for by a certain other character on the roster doing a business in the background. How, how can this go well from a narrative point of view and not also be brilliant for exactly. us on this podcast? It's both. Uh, there was a sort of gladiatorial vignette for Ilya Dragunov. It was him speaking to his family. I think it was his son, uh, ahead of Battleground. He, It was like, I'm not going to die, hmm. but I'm going to really go all out, I'm basically. try to die. doesn't know whether the pain searches for him or he searches for it. <sighs> uh, maybe he is the pain. Um, and he psychs himself up, and then we get a montage of that awesome match he had with Dijak. It was one of those where I was like, normally I'm like, oh, God, here he is. I'm, yeah. Oh, the pain. I like pain, actually. Pain's really good. And then I was like, actually, you know, kicked, kind of kicked ass yeah, that great. match. That so. candlestick spot was unbelievable. By next week. So good. Good for him. Uh, Cora Jade versus Ivy Nile. Ivy Nile started fast, uh, but got pulled down by the hair and got cut off. Uh, not the hair got cut off. She just she just got <laughs> cut off. Uh, that got Cora Jade a two count. She tied her in the ropes with a chop and then just nailed her in the face with one of those chops. I'm not sure if that was deliberate or not. Uh, running drop kick gets two, but... Niall fights out of it eventually. Um, Ava runs in, looking like she's going to interfere. Niall, Ivy Niall sees it coming, gets her in a dragon sleeper, but that leaves her open to Cora Jade's attacks. Uh, she eats that double arm DDT of Cora Jade's. One, two, three. Uh, fine. Like, just a match. Just a match. I want to like both of these two a lot more than I'm able to at the moment. Ivy Niall's like, a bit hit and miss. I love the character, and I believe her, but like some of the work's eh. Cora Jade... Like, are we ever going to get beyond where we're at with Cora Jade? Like, I think they desperately want you to see her as a top guy uh-huh. now, and the matches just so rarely back that up. So I don't know. Um, Hank and Tank had a match against each other last week, and it I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it achieved what they set out to do. It made them even closer together. Yeah, um, they've got this amazing connection. I never Favourite. got round, I never got around to checking it out, and like when we when the segment came back around, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun, actually. Yeah, it was decent. Yeah, uh, favorite fruit, favorite food. One, two, three, chicken palm. Favorite animal. One, two, three, honey badger. <laughs> favorite wing sauce. One, two, three, buffalo. buffalo. They're better at this than Von Wagner is, aren't they? <laughs> I can't believe they've done this bit like twice. Burgers. Favorite <laughs> <laughs> burger. Beef burger. Burger. Cedric um, so had wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. Ooh. I got a. Do you know what I got? At Buffalo Wild Wings burger. <laughs> I, got, I got a double cheeseburger at Buffalo Wild Wings and kicked ass. Uh, Cedric said there were some of the best wings he's ever had. Ooh. You know, he'll fill you in on all his personal feed takes from Sin City. Anyway, here comes uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anofi again. They say we're pretty tight as well, um, and uh, you know he's only had one match together. Don't get too excited. And they're like, okay, best movie one, two, three, Jaws. <laughs> God. And then Idris and Malik tried to do it. I think it was like favorite day of the week or something. <laughs> and they were like, Sunday, Tuesday. <laughs> I got it. Oh, Idris, works, yeah. Idris and Opie. <laughs> no, it's, it's Malik. Tuesday. It's Malik Blade's face, I think, in this. He's just like. Because <laughs> Idris, Idris's outfits are getting better and better by the week. Aye, this is good, this. Uh, we got a promo for the great American Bash. And God bless the United States. Months of this you've got. Two months. I mean, Kenzie's backstage with Diamond Mine. Ivy's sick of this crap. She wants to face Ava next week. The Crees want to face Diamond Mine. Uh, and here comes basically three quarters of the Jizim. There's a big shouting match and pull apart, and that's set up for next week. Yeah. Main event time Noam Dar versus Carmelo Hayes. Um, spinning crossbody, springboard spinning crossbody, in fact. By the way, did you see uh, uh, The Miz Can Goo? On Raw. He's had another working week, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, this is a new Hurricane thing. Hurricane Rana. 
like, th- this is your thing. What's my thing? Wrestling. You're only 20 years deep. <laughs> um, that knocked Dar to the floor, did the spinning crossbody. We took a break. When we come back, Hayes was running wild. But Dar cuts him off. Um, they get some near falls. Hayes rallies. There's distractions from Jackson and Legend at ringside. Um, Aura Mensa tries to sneak up on Trick Williams and just gets nailed. But the referee's like, I can't be having this. Piss off, Trick. Um, so that allows the uh, heels to take advantage. Dar lands a back elbow for a near fall. Uh, when Hayes kicks out, though, he immediately transitions into a knee bar that looked great. Hayes has to fight out of it to break the hold. Uh, Dar hits another back elbow, but Hayes fires back with a suplex into a cutter. He climbs the turnbuckles. Aura interferes and shoves Mello off the top rope. Here come Dragon Lee and Nathan Fraser, though, uh, to confront Mensa. Dar rolls out of the ring. Um, they're arguing. And then Carmelo Hayes comes off the top rope with a huge crossbody uh, off the top to the floor. Leaps back into the ring. Uh, jumps off the top rope with that uh, nothing but net flying leg drop thing of his. Uh, and he covers Dar for the one, two, three. I really like this match. Me too. I question the wisdom, as I already have done on this pod, I suppose, of having Dar lose straight away. I appreciate it's against the NXT champion, so it's almost like he can, in their minds, I don't believe in this, but in their minds they can work backwards from here. It's like, yeah, well, you lost to the champion, but the North American title, but the Heritage Cup, but yeah, the but, Heritage but, Cup's going to be the thing, isn't like it? Like establish that as a new title, basically. Yeah, so that in their minds, it's, there's nothing lost. I disagree. However, for Carmelo Hayes' sake, I really enjoy this. Mm. Uh, I've talked about this before. I love regular fighting champions, like especially as baby faces. I think it works wonders for the characters. It's not typically NXT's model. Even when Braun had the belt, they're like. He wouldn't do many of these. It'd no. Be, in three weeks, I'm going to fight you at the TV special. Then in four more weeks, I'm going to fight you at the Saturday special. And, and that would be his sequencing. I'm up for more of these from mm. Carmelo Hayes because I just think his babyface act is just about there. But the more he defends that title, the more like the matches back up the promos. Yes. And they just add a bit of legitimacy to it. The bigger picture is that Trick Williams is kind of going to be the guy helping him when it counts. Yeah. But him doing the stuff in the in the meantime, when he doesn't really need Trick as much, I think quite... Like, yeah, I like his... the fact that Trick this time for once was not interfering in a heelish way. He was like, no, wait a second, let him just fight it out. Yeah, I, th- I think that's like a nice touch for the character. I think something Mellow needed. So I enjoyed this. And then Hayes is celebrating in, after the car park, one of the most dangerous spots mm-hmm. in NXT, the ramp. Yeah. Uh, I had flashbacks to old NXT Baron Indeed. Corbin here because he sort of channeled it here. Yeah, here comes Baron Corbin. He jumps him. Um, they're talking on commentary. He's a free agent as well. He can come here. They're allowed. Um, and he hits Carmelo Hayes with the end of days, stands over him, lifts the belt high. So also a lot of people pissed off about this online. I think it's a fantastic addition. They weren't doing anything with Corbin on the main roster. I said this on the news this morning. Had this happened, uh, what, two years ago? Mm. Um, well, maybe three. But before I saw the range that he had, I'd have been like, this is going to be a trudge. This is going to be a lot worse than when they brought Dolph down because I thought that worked really well for yeah. Breaker. But this intrigued me. This was not like, oh, you just got now for Baron Corbin, so you can toy him in here for a couple of months. No, I like the, the idea. I like the, the end of days is such a great finisher. Um, them going back and forth with Trick Williams as well. I really like it, but what do you make of it all? I thought it was, oh, they've got nothing for you, so they're just going to chuck you for two months, but I thought it kicked ass. Yeah. Anyway, I think that was 
there's just some wrestlers that I think suit this kind of thing, and Baron Corbin is one. A nice, I know what you're referencing there, the uh, the Austin Aries attack. Yeah. Corbin just doing that sprinting assault from behind on the ramp is something he's very good at. This is a proper challenge for Hayes. Like, not just in KFA, but not just... Big lad Baron Corbin, you don't realise he's on the main roster. He is very big. Um... A big man in every sense because he bought me a pint and didn't ask one back. And I, one day I'm going to buy him that pint back. But like, he's sort of, he's a, he's a guy right now that is a heel for Melo to beat. And I have no doubt with that. He might stick around next to longer, but for right now, it just feels like a, somebody that can justifiably fast track their way to a title shot, get one and lose. Yeah. And it's going to be a, like a bit of a, a string to Melo's bow, but the match quality will too. Corbin can go. He can. We've seen it. Yeah, and if, we, if we see the King of the Ring, you know, Chad Gable match, Corbin. Yeah. If he decides to go to that level, just because, because it does feel like he can turn that on and off. If he decides to, I think these two are going to have a fine match. And I do think you'll get the, if we're using Dolph Ziggler as the high watermark for how somebody comes down and makes a champion, I think we're getting exactly that with Baron Corbin mm. and Melo, and I see no problem in it. He's a bigger guy. He's a more imposing guy. He can flex his experience. He's got quite a lot that he can lord over Melo and then have... Carmelo has get the win, and all of a sudden him be able to subsume all those things that Corbin has said. I don't what know if he gets the time. old entrance. Oh my god! People have Corbin's got so much entrance law that people oh are in disagreement about what his best one is. Yeah, I mean Nicholas have this. Nicholas loves that one. I don't know what the words are, but you yeah. know what I'm singing. And I like the with the spotlight and the yeah. motorbike revving engine. I like. I love the spotlights. One. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, and Corbin was this guy, couldn't give half as much, but he was this guy in NXT the first time. Like, I do not care about your little technical wrestler favourites. I'm massive. Like, f*** you. That was kind of the whole, the whole deal. So, like, I don't mind a little reprisal of that with even more experience that he's got under his belt that he can be even more confident and obnoxious in the role. Let's have, a, let's that, have a little look at this. And after that, Baron versus Vaughn. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Two huge returns in NXT, though. A big week for it, yeah. The f- look, the free agent thing doesn't feel like they were called free agents by accident. If this was the plan, so now I just eagerly await Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar to arrive. Just let it play out, mate. Just let it play out. They've always got these stories planned out. Pencil in the hand of the game. <laughs> no worries. Right, let's know your thoughts on NXT on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, me and Hamflet will be back later on today to preview AEW Dynamite. Um, but for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet to Stacks. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. 
Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.